research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view. This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism and corruption and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. Seated next to me is Eric Eggers, the co-host of this program. It's nice to be back in the office for the new year, Eric. Uh, happy new year to you. And of course, the lights are still on, which is always a good sign. Yeah, looks you got a deeper voice for the podcast for 2023, <laughs> apparently. But the good news is nothing else seems to have changed. Everything here at GAI is working effectively. Uh, the things are still running. We must be still paying the bill somehow, some way. Yeah, we are. We are. But don't hold your breath. It, it is only the, <laughs> uh, the the first few days of January. But welcome, everybody. We hope you had a wonderful holiday. We certainly did. Uh, we are both getting over uh, various ailments uh, from the holidays. Um, but we are great to be here. And we had a great time uh, guest hosting the Sean Hannity radio show last week. Um, and there was something really big that happened. Uh, I'm not going to say it was connected to us guest hosting, but it happened while we were guest hosting. And some would say it was a necessary thing. Some would say it was a disastrous thing. Well, you know, we're funding the federal government, Peter. We're keeping people employed. We're making sure that the vital function of United States democracy continues to thrive. Uh, But we did so with a $1.7 trillion spending bill that does prevent a government shutdown And it funds the country for the next nine months, but it also has lots and lots of things in it that some people would find highly questionable. And we're going to talk about who voted for it, how it passed, what the maybe most bizarre things are in it. But to me, essentially, the, the biggest critique I hear of this is that you got 18 Republican senators to support it. And the biggest critique of that is that by funding the government for the next nine months, you essentially kind of neuter the impending House Republican majority. You do. You absolutely do. For essentially like 40% of their term. Yeah. And you wonder what did those 18 Republican senators get in return for voting for this bill? We're going to talk about that. And there were some interesting uh, ways in which certain people voted, some surprises, right? This didn't fall along predictable lines. It's also, by the way, the first time this has ever happened where an outgoing it's the first time that a Republican was about to take a majority and then they didn't get the ability to sort of negotiate the budget moving forward. Right. This yeah. is the first time that, a, I guess, an outgoing majority handicapped the incoming majority. That's that's exactly right. So it was a huge, uh, huge problems uh, for those that are concerned about government spending. And this, I think, illustrates one of the reasons we're always so concerned about transparency, why we think transparency is so important, because this massive monstrosity of a bill was negotiated, written, and crafted in secret. And a lot of people that voted for it didn't even know what was in it. Uh, And it reminds me of a a great quote from Earl Long, the former governor of Louisiana. This is like the best advice that he would offer to politicians. He said, don't write anything you can phone. Don't phone anything you can talk. Don't talk anything you can whisper. Don't whisper anything you can smile. Don't smile anything you can nod. And don't nod anything you can wink. 
And that's really what we're talking about here is they, they crafted this deal. Nobody really knew what was going on and they don't need to explicitly say, I'll trade you this for that. It's this sort of consensus that forms and some really strange people voted for this and voted against it. So let's play a little game. Can we play a little game? We can, but can we just first off, did we just unpack what I've been perceiving for the last decade to be your profound communication failures? Have I been saying like, you haven't been speaking, you've actually been nodding and winking this whole right, time. Right. Like, I've been winking at you all this time. And you're like, what's wrong? Has he got something in his eye? <laughs> all this stuff I've missed. I get it now. I get it. Okay. Let's play this game. So we've got three people. I think it's a good cross section of American elected officials. Right. We've got a liberal member of the House. Yeah, we've got a moderate member of the Senate. And then we've got somebody who I think positions themselves as a conservative. Who is? Yeah. Member of the Senate, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. So we've got Alexander, uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, AOC. Yep. Uh, Mitt Romney. Yep. And Tom Cotton. Yeah. OK, so let's start off with AOC. Do we think she voted for this? Uh, I would say yes. Right. Big spending. It's got a lot of stuff. So I would say AOC. Yes, she voted for it. It's big spending. It's also loaded up with lots of goodies for New York with like a very kind of woke agenda. It's got an LGBTQ plus museum. By What's the, way, the plus for? By dude, the way? I don't know. But let me tell you, I was thinking about this last night. To me, the plus is offensive because it's aggressive. <laughs> it's greater than. Why isn't it equal? Right, right. Equal, you know? or where's the minus? The minus gets no representation. Or like, what are like one of those like equivalents? <laughs> right. I'm. <laughs> right. I think I, we could talk about this. Or uh, infinity. You could just put the infinity symbol that, afterwards. <laughs> that would cover everything. Or the prince symbol at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's got a museum. For, it's got you know three million for that. It's got five hundred million for a DEI training for different federal agencies. So you would think she would be very much in favor of it. Right. It also it also set aside five hundred thousand for a new immigrant community empowerment program in Jackson Heights, New York. I'm not sure what that means. There's three million for a clean energy workforce development and supportive services. And there's four hundred thousand dollars for a progressive immigration nonprofit group called Make the Road New York. It's just a cash grant to a left-wing nonprofit. So I say AOC is all over this. Well, she did, in fact, tout everything you said. She bragged about those things being in the bill, in the press release, in which she announced that she voted against it. She did. What she, what, she, what grounds did she give? Well, it's highly offensive to her immigrant <laughs> community because uh, she also backed a lot more spending. You know, she's touting like the infrastructure, a million dollars for these different kind of, you know, roadway improvements. But she was concerned about funding the bill for immigration and custom enforcement uh, in addition to the 858 million or excuse me, 858 billion in defense spending. This is her quote. I campaigned on a promise to my constituents to oppose additional expansion and funding for ICE and DHS, particularly in the absence of long overdue immigration reform. For that reason, as well as the dramatic increase in defense spending, which exceeds even President Biden's request. I voted no on today's omnibus bill. So she literally is the quote unquote fiscal conservative, although it's because they she thought they're spending too much money on immigration and border control. Well, so I do think that there, this speaks to there's a lot of really fun dynamics happening here, right? Like this is a giveaway. There's lots of sort of and we'll talk about the, lots of neighborhood projects, right? There's a Michelle Obama trail. There's <laughs> where uh, does that trail lead? That's a tool. <laughs> I'm not allowed to answer that question on this podcast. So, uh, you know, but there's lots of pork. I think there's over 4,000 earmarks, which remember the yeah. days when there weren't earmarks anymore, right? Yeah. That was a fun time. Yes. Earmarks are back and they're yes. back with a force. With a vengeance. But, yeah. but I think on some level, you have to kind of give her credit because my biggest takeaway on this is is they've essentially laundered all the pork and the earmark giveaways 
in the name of defense spending, because that seems to right. be the bipartisan thing that no one ever questions or pushes right. back on. Right. It's it's a classic example of how government manipulates, right? Think on the local level, and then we'll talk about this. On the local level, whenever we experience that here in Florida, in, in Tallahassee, where we're based, they will put forward a tax increase. And if voters are saying, ah, we're not sure we're going to support this, what do they do? They say, we're going to have to cut the fire department. You know, they're not going to cut all the other nameless. They're going to cut the fire department. It's the same thing at the national level. They dangle, oh my gosh, you don't want to cut defense spending, right? You don't want to put us at risk. You don't want soldiers not to get paid. So they dangle that as the threat and use that as sort of the cudgel to get people in line. And, And there's only one word for it. It's sick. It's sick because you're manipulating our national security to pad the budget with things that you want for yourself or for your constituents or for some liberal cause. And they get away with it all the time. And unfortunately, both sides are doing it. Because part of what this bill does, it actually funds something called the Defense Spending Act, which was passed a couple of weeks prior with bipartisan support. So it's almost like they've been layering this into it. Say, okay, we're going to pass this thing, but we're not going to appropriate the funds for it. We'll wait till we get the government spending bill. But by doing so, again, it kind of keeps House Republicans out of any sort of effective negotiating or bargaining position right. for almost the first full year of their term, which matters when you're expecting, hey, can we have hearings on this? What kind of things do the House right. Republicans want to push for? Well, if you don't have budgetary authority. Yeah, no debate, no discussion on any of this because it was rammed through uh, during this period. So AOC, excuse me. AOC voted against it. AOC voted against it. Let's go to another person. You mentioned a moderate Republican. That would be Senator Mitt Romney. What do you think? Did did old Mitt vote for this or did he vote against it? Can we just take a minute and just think about Mitt Romney for a second? <laughs> right? Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a trying, challenging time. Right. Mitt, just, is it not a little comforting just to think about Mitt Romney? It's like a warm <laughs> cup of hot cocoa. Right. Just, you know, I'm not saying he's a good governor or, you know, but it's, it's just a comforting thought. To gives think you, about. Mitt Romney gives you the warm fuzzies. Gives you the warm fuzzies. Yeah. Until you realize that my man uh, backed this. Now, he did, in fact, vote in favor of this. And this was his quote on this. He says, listen, you know, this, think about it with your hot cocoa. $1.7 trillion is an enormous amount of money. It pays for our servicemen and or women, our veterans, and our social safety net programs. In fact, it pays for the work of the entire federal government. Oh, wow. Now, listen to this. I wish the number were smaller, but I'm convinced that if we were to reject this budget and kick the can down the road until next year, we would end up having to spend more. <laughs> wait, wait. How, how does that work? <laughs> That's, come, come on, man. <laughs> wait, wait. How does that work? Did he give any explanation? I mean, that makes no sense. It doesn't, We've right? We've got to spend a lot more. Let's put more on the credit card now. Because if we wait longer, we may have to even put more down the road. These are choices they're making. This is absurd. Yeah, I don't understand exactly what the thought process would be to me, even if you'd like funded something for like two months, right? And then you negotiate again, but then you'd have more fiscal conservatives in charge. To me, almost definitively, the number would have been smaller. Exactly. That's exactly right. Now, he did say something about a trail. Yeah. This this, this was this was a big win for Mitt, right? He (laughs) votes for this boondoggle. But he got a trail, right? That's all Mitt does, man. He drinks hot cocoa and walks on trails <laughs> b- b- with his 17 grandkids. So Bonneville Shoreline Trail Advancement Act, uh, we're to improve hospitals and law enforcement throughout the state as well. But then he said this, and this is, I think, the key. And I think, and think about what AOC said yeah. in the context of this. That he yeah. says, importantly, this legislation funds the national defense bill we recently passed to protect our country against threats from China and Russia, yeah. modernize our defense capabilities, and support our troops. So we need the Michelle Obama Trail. That's right. We need the LGBTQ Center. We need the immigration centers and all the money left-wing groups because if we don't do that, 
we're in trouble because of the threats from China and Russia. I mean, it's just, this is, again, this is the example I used earlier. It's like saying, we got, we're going to have to shut down the fire department unless you support funding this other stuff. It's absurd. And Mitt Romney knows better. He's just talking out of both sides of his mouth. So Mitt Romney knows better. I think this guy knows better too, but I think this is indicative of a, what they think about us in terms of like, whether or not we're just going to accept what people say at face value, because um, Mitch McConnell, who obviously helped quarterback this thing, or was one of the quarterbacks to get this thing uh, passed, said when said this was a good bill because it helps Ukraine and quote, Providing assistance for Ukrainians to defeat Russians is the number one priority for the U.S. right now, according to most Republicans. Mm. That's how we see the challenges confronting the country at the moment. That's interesting. So, okay, so number one, do you think that there's any point that actually shows that's true? No, I, don't I know because Mitch is in his seventies, right? <laughs> so, like, it doesn't shock me that he's like a little bit out of touch with like the right. modern trends. Right. Bro, Ukraine was spring of 2022. <laughs> we are past that. <laughs> right. Everyone changed the channel, right? Zelensky's over. Yeah. Right. We're on to new stuff now. Right. Well, and and here's the thing again that that that's absurd is you can you can support. Uh, Ukrainians fighting from the Russian invasion, which I'm in favor of. I think the concern and the frustration most people have on aid is we're sending them large sums of money. You know, if we were sending them arms and ammunition and we were sending them food supplies uh, exclusively, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But when you're sending billions of dollars of cash, so I have a friend, which, I can't, which I, this bill, by the way, does spend, I think it's like hundreds of billions of dollars for Ukrainian. Right. Aid. And they're, and they're cash grants. Right. So Zelensky comes to power and he is supported by a well-known oligarch who is highly corrupt, who ran Privat Bank, where $8 billion just disappeared. And it's assumed that this guy, Kolomoisky, took it. That's by far the biggest backer of Zelensky in power. So those are the sorts of people around him. And yet Mitch McConnell is claiming that the number one priority for the U.S. right now, according to most Republicans is Ukraine. I'm going to go on a, out on a limb and say it's probably the border. <laughs> uh, it's probably some other issues like that. But again, it shows how out of touch they are. And the challenge is, it seems like Mitch and, and, and Mitt never face any repercussions for this. You know, Mitch McConnell gets reelected the Republican leader in the Senate. Uh, nobody seems to seriously challenge him or deny him that. And Mitt Romney kind of just sails along in a state that is, by the way, much more conservative than Mitt Romney is, the state of Utah. Yeah. So th- let me ask you about that. So there's the fact that 18 Republicans voted in favor of, and we still have one more Republican senator to talk about. Does that speak to, number one, just how pervasive and alluring uh the special interests are like how effective it is. Like you're going to do what the chamber of commerce and these dominant industries tell you you're going to do, or does it, is it also fair to, I think to offer a critique of the conservative Senate caucus, people like Rand Paul, Rick Scott, people that like, I think have positions and virtues and vote against it, but they're obviously not super effective at culling together a coalition. I mean, you got to give Mitch McConnell credit for that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easy to, convince people to vote for something like this because you can throw money at them. You know, we've, we've seen this many times before. It reminds me of the old quote from John Bro, Senator from Louisiana, when uh, he was, you know, accused of, of uh, basically being for sale. Uh, and he said, I'm not for sale. He said, I am for rent, but I'm not for sale. And, and that's kind of what you're seeing here. So we're going to get to some- John Bro, by the way, would leave the Senate and become a lobbyist. Correct. And, and <laughs> by the way, he's lobbying for Chinese companies. So <laughs> it's not even he's for rent. He's for rent in foreign currencies, multiple foreign currencies. 
And this is the problem. It's, it's the power of the purse. It's the money. And they use that to literally buy these guys off. And it'd be a lot more honest in my mind if Mitt Romney or some of these others that voted for this would just honestly say, hey, I, I got a bunch of cash for my state. Don't give me this principled position that, oh, we're doing this because we need to fight Russian incursion. Knock it off. Be honest about it and, and admit that you did it because you got a ton of money that was basically sent um, to your state. They're just responding to the number one priorities of Republicans. And that's like, <laughs> what's the number one threat facing the country? It's Ukraine-Russia right. war, Peter. Right, right, that's what exactly. we care about. Yeah. That's what people are concerned about, the Christmas tree you know, and everything else. Yeah. So let's, so let's go to the third person in our gallery today. And this guy is, has all the reputation of a fiscal hawk, strong conservative. A lot of people say he's positioning to run for president at some point. He's an army veteran. I think he went to Harvard, smart guy. Uh, and that is Senator Tom Cotton from the state of Arkansas. So based on all the things that he has said, I would say that he voted in favor or sorry, he voted against this bill, right? The $1.7 trillion spending monstrosity. So in doing a little bit of research, I was like trying to look for a statement from Senator Cotton on this spending bill to see which way he shook out on it. Yeah. And I found a joint statement actually from both Arkansas senators, John Boozman and Tom Cotton. And they said this, they said costs are rising for people that live in Arkansas on everyday necessities like gasoline and groceries. And now Democrats are using the crisis in Europe to push through their liberal wish list. Uh -huh. This massive spending bill will fuel the fire of inflation and expand President Biden's federal bureaucracy. Aid for Ukraine is much needed, but this bill isn't the way to pass it. Oh, good. It. So he voted against it. Yeah, you would think so. Turns out that actually is from March. Uh <laughs> 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 no, both those guys voted for it actually. Oh, this time. <laughs> so, so yeah. they they were opposed to it in principle in the spring, <laughs> but then December rolls around, and now actually that one was one point five trillion. This one's even bigger; it's yeah. one point seven. So they must have just got their price, and so they both voted. A, they voted in favor of it. This they time. both voted in favor. Of it. Senator Cotton's like, look, mommy wants Tommy home for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know what to tell you, but, uh, the so good what did they get from, what did Arkansas get? So here's what's notable vote. about this. I just, by the way, so they put out this statement when they opposed the spending package in March uh, earlier this year. Uh, they have been notoriously quiet on this one. Senator Cotton's Twitter feed has no comment on <laughs> the passage of this one, but there is Tom a, Cotton loves microphones, but you're telling me he has no comment on this. Uh, he, he has yet to comment publicly that I've seen, but there is a headline in the uh, Arkansas newspaper that says Arkansas lawmakers secure millions for projects and spending measure in total. The Arkansas delegation received approval for 36 projects totaling 157, 8 million, mm. 157.8 million. So, um, you know, this is stuff for like wastewater treatment plant, 14 million for work related to water depletion in some basin. By the way, that that wastewater treatment plant mm -hmm. is named for Dale Bumpers, a former senator from Arkansas. Okay. And I'm thinking that that actually that's kind of nice. You have a wastewater plant that's named after a politician. That that seems kind of appropriate, doesn't it? I love that that's like the kind of thing that just does it for you. It's <laughs> like, "Oh, that is rich." <laughs> I will noodle on that for some time. Uh, yeah. And then there's some nursing programs and things like that. So the point is, yeah, the, the Arkansas delegation, they both support it. Now, to Tom Cotton's credit, he didn't actually request anything. Right. Senator Boozman, I think, had a number of requests that were then right. rewarded. Yeah. So Tom Cotton didn't. But, you know, in, in that way, I, I, I got to say this may sound counterintuitive. I kind of have more respect for Boozman than I do for Cotton, because if you're going to sell your soul, which you shouldn't do. 
and you don't get anything out of it? What I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. So let me ask you this, because there's, you know, it's obviously it's easy to sort of critique. Hey, there's some bizarre stuff in there. We'll t- and we'll tell you more about some of the bizarre things in here in just a second. But it's one thing to go through. Hey, this seems like a big bill. It seems like a very inefficient and convoluted and kind of like underhanded way to get stuff done. Right. Because yeah. a lot of these projects, if you voted for them on the face of it, you wouldn't have done it. But then you say, hey, we have to kind of keep the government running and we have to make sure that Russia is defeated in Ukraine and, you know, X, Y, Z. And we're not going to and we're not going to let anybody actually read this massive bill. Correct. So they know what's in it. Right. But I guess like, is there not some aspect of. It's the responsible thing to do is to keep the government running. And if if we had not done that, then it would have been catastrophic. Do you agree with that? Yeah, or no? I, well, I do. But but I mean, here's the problem. The problem is you have these incredibly corrupt politicians who uh, play this game of chicken, right? Uh, And the game of chicken is the government's going to shut down. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to vote for it. I'm going to let the government shut down unless you give me all these goodies. So they're manipulating using it. I mean, here here are just a couple of the other things that are in this bill. Uh, This is from Congressman Brian Mast. Uh, And of course, the bill is 4,155 pages long. Uh, So, you know, they basically released the bill and then they said, we're going to vote on this, you know, later today. So uh, even if you're a speed reader, no way you get through those many pages. But there's $410 million in the bill for border security. Well, that'd be a good th- uh, wait. That's border security for Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman. Right. So we like border security in the Middle East, but we don't like it on the U.S. southern border. Uh, there's, there's $575 million for family planning in areas where population growth threatens endangered species. Um, so this is basically, uh, uh, you know, abortion funding in the name of quote biodiversity. Uh, again, is that the sort of thing that you get a majority vote for, uh, and people support in an open public vote? Probably not. Not an accident, by the way, that all these things are not just shoved into a thing that nobody reads, but then shoved into a thing that then passes over a holiday season, which most people are checked out and not look at the news anyway. Exactly, exactly. And the way they label these things and name these things, there's $777 million for the State Department's education and cultural exchange programs. That's wonderful, right? Yep. We I had an exchange student from Mexico when I was in high school. So I'm, I'm all about cultural exchange until you realize that that program includes $20,000 for a cultural center in Ecuador to promote diversity and inclusion through drag shows. So we're literally funding Ecuadorian drag shows um, with this bill. Again, if that came to an open vote on the Senate floor where they had to stand and vote for it in the public and everybody paying attention, no way they would vote for that. And oh, by the way, other people pointed out that it's not just all kind of silly, funny things like, okay, uh, 470k for anti-racist training from the equity institute 1.2 million services for daca recipients and there's like uh you know 4 million for the richest county in the united states fairfax right so i mean the rich get richer it also does silly things like renames 25 post offices which i want to know what those post offices are and if we're renaming them because <laughs> we, we have like woke related concerns with the names you of the think post. you I, think i mean why else would we do it right Yeah, exactly exactly somebody's grandpappy is gonna have his name taken <laughs> off of this post office <laughs> and they're gonna put some politician's name on it and the worst part is that grandpappy thinks he was real cool because he had a mexican exchange student when he was in high school <laughs> He thinks he's super woke. Exactly. Yeah, he's diverse. He's diverse. <laughs> but but the, 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 maybe one of the more concerning things, and this is like, do what do you think the basic posture and demeanor of government is? And uh, 
the thing that maybe is potentially concerning is a 7.5 million to better understand the quote domestic radical radicalization phenomenon plus 1 million for gun violence research. Right. And so I think the idea is like, are we giving the government now more to start like looking into what they perceive to be the alt right or whatever threat that is. Absolutely. We've, we've seen as parents started showing up at school board meetings, the FBI conceptually labeled them as domestic right. terrorists. Right. I mean, right. There's an element of the government that looks at, people that stand for freedom and individuality as a threat. And this definitely funds some and, element and, to further that. And they lump them all together. They lump people that are concerned about the encroachment in government with violent extremist groups that, you know, are considering violent acts. And of course they neglect the uh, entire other part of the equation, which are the violent radical groups on the left. They never seem to get investigated. So this is not only about excessive spending and about politicians being sold out. This is about, in a sense, the weaponization of our federal government to investigate and look at American citizens. My view has always been you judge people and you give people, uh, uh, they go to jail or you investigate them based on actual crimes that they've committed. You should not be investigating and arresting people based on their views. It doesn't matter whether it's Antifa or whether it's some right-wing militia. And yet they are continuing to move in this direction of saying, you know what? It's the very ideas that these people have that we think is going to spur them to violence. So we better start investigating them now. And by the way, those ideas are always on the right side of the equation, never on the left. But it is an interesting coalition of you got all the woke kind of giveaways, right? So including yeah. like $11 million for LGBT special interest stuff. You've got the local projects that touch literally every corner of the state. But then you've also got to think how they've won the bipartisan consensus is we're funding the defense. And so those defense contractors, right, they stay connected to everybody yep. they need to. Yep. And we're funding Ukraine. So like between the woke stuff, the local stuff, the military and the Ukraine, I mean, that's how you get it done. Yeah. And the question is, these 18 Republicans that you would think ostensibly would be opposed to this bill who voted for it, are they going to pay any kind of political price? And unfortunately, I think they're probably not going to. Right. Uh, because the money is so much and the ability to sort of leverage it and move it around is just a huge, huge problem that's not going away. But and Tom Cotton's the, maybe the one that we're most surprised by the voter for. Yes, yes, Tom Cotton. And still, to me, it's very surprising that he has actually not said really anything publicly about why he voted that way. I think he recognizes whatever defense he offers uh, is is essentially going to be ridiculed. He's, he's a little more savvy in this way than Mitt Romney, who thinks people are going to actually take it at face value. The other thing that comes out in analyzing this bill is it looks like it's sad to say I say that with laughter, of course, that GAI is probably not going to get a federal government grant to expose cronyism and corruption. So the, the days of them packing in a $5 million uh, earmark for GAI is probably not going to happen anytime soon. Well, that's your fault. I told you <laughs> to hire John Bro, get, get him hooked up, make this bad boy happen. Yeah, let's let's stop attacking all these people in Washington, D.C., and we'll be more popular, right? That's right. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. We are very happy with where we are, the fact that we don't take any government money. We don't take corporate money. We take individual uh donations from people who are concerned about the future of their country. So final thoughts on this. Um, is this just a speed bump uh, in the uh, general direction of America going bankrupt? Or do you think there is some grounds for optimism with any of this? I think optimism in the sense that uh, it gives maybe, I'll be interested to see it, maybe a reflection point. If after nine months, when this spending resolution is done, 
do the House Republicans actually get their stuff together, get a game plan, and then figure out, okay, fine, like we're going to give you nine months, but then we're going to do our due diligence. We're going to figure out what our priorities are, and then we're going to really bring the hammer down and make it happen. And we'll maybe we use some investigations and, uh, you know, whether it's into the origins of COVID, whether it's into Hunter Biden stuff, you know, kind of can they find a way to establish relevance in another area first before budget stuff comes around again? Yep. Yep. You hope so. And those are important fights to have. Uh, we've certainly been involved in those uh, investigations as well. Um, I don't really have a lot of grounds for optimism. The challenge is that once you give somebody money uh, in these government programs, the $1.7 trillion, it's really hard to take it away because now you've got a really aggressive constituency and they want to build the Barack Obama trail next to the Michelle Obama trail, or they want to have an LGBTQ plus minus equals equals um, organization receive their funds as well. So it's an important subject. We need to stay on top of it. And you need to let your elected officials know you care about these issues. A lot of people don't think that you do because the numbers are so large and it's so abstract, but you need to let them know if they voted against this Bravo, if they voted for it, that you're very angry. That was the sad part. I was listening to an interview Rick Scott did and he was like, well, you know, Senator Scott, what do you think we should do? He's like, oh, call, call everybody. He's like, you know, <laughs> don't call me because you know I'm supportive of this. Call everybody else. I was like, oh, maybe they got a shot. No, they have no shot. They lost 18 senators <laughs> yeah, to this. Yeah, so. very, very sad. Well, we appreciate you as always listening to our podcast. You can find the podcast and stories about the research we're doing at thedrilldown.com. You can also pick up a podcast at other podcast locations online. So thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you all have a wonderful, blessed new year.